Blog Talk Radio. morning's text will be coming from John 6, 4 through 13. John 6, 4 through 13, and it reads, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in, in the place. So the men sat down in number 
about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Amen. That's the reading of John six, four through thirteen. And if I had to title this message this morning, I would title it as Jesus is More Than Enough. This morning we want to talk about Jesus and how he's more than enough. When we say that he's more than enough, what are we really talking about? We're not talking about our provisions of life. We're not talking about material and earthly things because material and material things will fade away. Jesus is more than money. He's more than the property, the land, the assets, the things that we have. When we talk about Jesus being more than enough, he's whatever to us that money can't buy. He's the head of our salvation. He's the head of our lives. He heals the sick. He comforts those that are troubled. He fixes our problems. He, whatever we need from him, he's more than enough. Christ is invaluable. Our joy is invaluable. The direction that we're going is invaluable. Our purpose, plan, and future is invaluable. Which means we cannot sit here and put a money figure on the things that are invaluable to Christ. He's more than food that we eat. He's more than the shelter over top of our heads. Jesus is more than enough. He's more than provisions. He's more than enough. The text tells us how he performed our miracles, and he fed a multitude. Can you imagine he walking out and all those folks out there, and no one has nothing to eat? As the Bible tells us that a little lad had five barley loaves and two fish. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have enough, but having a good heart and a strong relationship with Christ, he made it more than enough. He took what little you had and stressed it that it would take care of all that you needed. When he came out to see those folks, he had compassion. He looked at those folks as they were sheep with no shepherd. In other words, they were out there just hanging around. There was nobody really telling them what they do. He knew two things for sure. 
They were hungry physically and spiritually. And more more over so than that, they were all lost. Today, as we look at this world today, we're dealing with the same thing today. People, we're worried about provisions. We're worried about our jobs. We're worried about the economy. We're worried about the food, the shelter, the clothing. We're worried about all this stuff. And he's asking us to trust in him. He will make a way for us. But sometimes we let the worries and the stress of the world cause us to question who he really is. Uh, It's tough this morning. Sometimes he'll create a miracle right before, before our eyes and we still don't believe. He's all that we need. When folks walk away from us, let them go. But things don't always come out the way that we want them to, but they come out the way that he orchestrates it to. Let it happen. A lot of times we look for Jesus in the wrong place. We look for Jesus a lot of times through people. Everybody doesn't have that same compassion that he has for you. Some people love to see you suffer. They love to see you in agony and pain. But he knows us. He knows every hair on our head. He knows the things that we're dealing with. But what we should be worried about it's not these things that's going to pass away. We should worry, be worried about our spiritual condition. Because when we when we worry about our, our spirit, concerns our whole lifestyle. In other words, once our spirit gets off track, we're off track altogether. So we should be concerned about that. Today, as we we look out amongst these people, everybody wants to be known by a title. Oh, call me Dr. So-and-so. Call me Reverend So-and-so. Call me Bishop So-and-so. The title is more important than the people. Ah, Lord have mercy. The title isn't leading the people to, to God. We have people that are assigned to us that are supposed to help us get to where we need to be. But they are not doing what God has called them to do. They are not concerned about our well-being. For this reason, people are scattered to and from. They don't come to church like they're supposed to. Everything has COVID. They're wearing masks. They're wearing masks in church, but they're not wearing masks at Walmart. They're wearing masks in church, but they're not wearing masks at the ball games. 
we have to get a better understanding of what Jesus is trying to carry us. We have shepherds over houses that people still need to be reached and need to be taught because they don't understand the word of God. But what do we do? We sit to the side and we watch our people struggle. We say to them, I got mine. It's up to you to get yours. But I come out this morning to tell you that God is holding you accountable for what we don't know. We have so much stuff going on in our homes, in our churches, that everything is being pushed past the pulpit and right at the door. And when I say it's been pushed across the pulpit, because the pastors, leaders, deacons, whoever, they don't want to be held accountable for it. So it's open season. They're letting anything and everything go. People are scattered, being led astray, deceived, taken advantage of. And I come by to tell you that God is not pleased this morning. He's not pleased. If he was to come back this day and see everything, how this world is in turmoil, he would tell every leader and every pastor that that the devil is their father because he wouldn't allow these things to happen. So many times we, we, we say that God has called us to the job, but when we get the job, we don't want to do the job. We compromise God's word. We tell them it's okay if you come to church that are all dressed up in different in different clothing. We tell them it's okay if you're out on the street drink and have a good time. We are quick to tear that stuff to social media, but we won't even say anything to the people themselves. Jesus is more than enough when our souls are in danger. When our hearts need to be fixed. Sometimes when we go through things and our hearts need to be fixed, the only one that can fix it is Jesus. Yes, we go, we tell this one, we tell that one, we go here, we go there, all to come back to where you started from. We have to use what we have. In other words, if we are claiming to be children of God and he's our father, we should be able to go to him and tell him everything we're dealing with. When we need to make a decision, we shouldn't make a decision without him because we don't know what he wants us to do. Sometimes we make decisions and we get into mess and we don't understand how we got there. And then it all comes back and we wonder. And the first thing 
he puts in your mind, do you ask me, was it okay to do that? When we need direction and guidance, the Holy Spirit comes to us and it enlightens us and it helps us along the way. But if we have no relationship with Christ, then our Holy Spirit is unactive. We have to have a connected source. Just like when we on the cell phone and the battery's running dead. If we don't put the charger up and connect it to something, then it will go dead. If we don't put the up to Christ, then we'll we'll walk around dead. And when we walk around dead, the blindness come over our eyes and we forget that Christ is our Father, and we begin to fall in line with the things of the world. We begin to let things that we used to speak on, we let them creep by. Or somebody somebody needs to know that it's more than enough. We must realize that he's a way maker, a burden bearer, He's whatever we need, if we need him. But we have to move pride to the side. And don't worry about who knows what about you. All that is important is what God knows about you. And when we get to tell him the things that are, that's going on in our lives, he begins to work things out. But a lot of times we go around like a merry-go-round. Round and round and round we go because we haven't given it to the right person. We give it to everybody else except for God. So how do you know that he could do something? How do you know that he could work a miracle? How do you know that if you never tried them. We have to be who he's called us to be. If we want to be blessed, if we want to have all these things that he's promised us, we have to speak it from our mouths and watch it come to pass. Oh, I, when I first started, it talked about 5,000 people that were hungry. But the story this morning isn't about them. It's about you and I and the times that we send people away because of our limitations. When he gives us assignment, the first thing that comes in our mind is that we can't do it. We don't want to do it. He has equipped us with all that we need. 
there is nothing too hard for him to do. He uses us to bring souls to him. That's all he wants from us. Tell somebody about the goodness of his word. Bring the soul to him, and he'll do the rest. We let our past, the things that we've done in the past, stop us from moving forward. I'm talking about we let folks remember the things that we've done years ago. And every time that God calls us to a new level, we don't think that we're ready. We don't think that we deserve any of it. Well, if he has forgiven us and we've moved on, then we're ready for it. He's not going to set us out there and let us fail. We have to buckle down and start putting our hands to the plow. Don't walk around and tell people that you're a child of God. Let them see you be a child of God. Get out there and work. Get out there and help somebody get their life back together. Tell them just how good God is. And watch what he does for you. Once you start to bring folks in, Watch the things that start to happen in your faith. Don't let limitations time with met with situations, challenges, trouble, trials, tribulations. And it looks overwhelming. The first thing we do is shake our head like we don't know. We don't even think God's able. We just think that we're not. But he's challenging us this morning to step up to the plate and do what he's called you to do. He's not worried about yesterday's. He's worried about now. What are you going to do now? If you want to make a difference in the world, it has to start right now. Not yesterday, right now. Jesus said, I am more than enough. We can no longer sit back and watch people suffering go through and say that we have been called by the Lord. Ah, this stuff. There's no more watching and, and waiting. A lot of folks don't go to church, don't plan on coming to church. We have to put on the armor of God to go out there. It's going to be all right because he's going to be with you. Some people will receive you and some people won't, and that's fine. Shake the dust and keep on moving. We will no longer be inheriting titles if we can't stand up and do what he's called us to do. That title means nothing. Your work means a lot. If we need strength, 
he will give it to us. If we need bless, if we need to be blessed, he'll do that too. He will bless the effort. In other words, just because we tried, he's going to bless us. Now, I'm going to go back to the text. The little boy didn't have but two fish and five barley loaves of bread, but there were 5,000 people. He didn't look around and say, I don't have enough. He said, bring it to me. And if we read the text, the text said everybody ate and there were fragments left over. That means he had more than enough. He had more than enough. And I, for some reason, while I'm reading this text, I believe there was more than 5,000 people. They, they only talked about 5,000. I believe there was more than that. And he took what little they had and made it work. What that tells me is he will take what little that we have if we bring it to him and he will make it work. He will multiply our efforts, and he will make our efforts a success. Jesus will work beyond our trials and our abilities. He wants us to lean on him this morning, trust in him, and watch him move in our lives. It's more than enough. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm now turning it over. That's your Apostle Mercer. God bless you, Minister Gray. Truly, that was a beautiful word in the Lord, it, that God is more than enough. Before you leave us, can you give us a corporate prayer? Because I'm sure there are those that want to walk closer with God and get to know him a little bit better and understand that he is more than enough. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do come this day, Lord. Lord, sometimes we we must admit, Lord, that sometimes we fall short. Lord, we don't think that we're worthy. We don't think that we're good enough. And we don't we think our past will show up. But Lord, on this morning, I ask that you would come in and that you would receive those they think they're not good enough. Lord, tell them there's work for everybody in the kingdom. Father, I pray right now that that they will come to you on this day, God, with open arms and you will receive them. And you will tell them that you have work for them. Father, bless them, bless them right where they are this morning. Oh, Father, remove doubt and worry about anything. Let them place it all in your hands, God. God, we know that you can do the impossible. Why? Because you did it before, and you will do it again. Father, we need you on this day, God, to show up, God, and show out. Father, we thank you right now. Strengthen our relationship with you, God. God, draw us near to you, God. Help us through trouble times, Lord. Lift us up when we seem like we're bound. Give us joy and peace, God, in the midst of our storms, Lord. Oh, Father, we coming to you this morning, God, 
just as bold as we know how. God, we, we love you on this this day. We adore you and we bless your mighty majestic name. It's in Jesus' name we all say, amen. Amen and amen. Minister Michael Gray, if someone like to invite you to the church to be a speaker, because you are a young man in the Lord, can you give us your phone number real slow, please? Okay. My telephone number is 203-8800-5702. Again, 203-8000-5702, Minister Michael Gray. God bless you again, and thank you so much for giving us that phenomenal word. Be blessed today and enjoy the Lord. Amen. You have just heard from Minister Michael Gray, our speaker that comes on uh, with us from time to time. Truly, we are blessed. He comes out of Virginia here in the United States, and God bless you as you just enjoy the word of God. Amen. songwriter says, Take Me Back by Andre Crouch. Truly, we want to be taken back and to be forgiven of the Lord. You know, God can do anything but fail, and he would never fail us if we would trust him and forgive ourselves as God has forgiven others. So we have to believe that God died for us, that God loved us, and that God is more than enough. Again, you listen to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. You can hear the Fivefold Ministry broadcast Monday through Fridays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States. Again, that's 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Eastern Standard Time in the USA. We want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to us. And we're going to uh, let you listen to some of our speakers. We have our Bible class on Tuesday, 
We have Reverend Leroy Wright. We have our midweek service with Mrs. Wright and Reverend Leroy Wright. On Thursday, we have our wisdom teacher, and that's Apostle Alexander Lockamy, as well as on the weekend, we have other speakers. Again, this is the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. And as I said, we're in transition. We're moving from one location to another, and our electrical um, equipment, sometimes our speakers may not be as clear. I understand last week that our music wasn't as clear. So we want you to be patient with us, give us a chance to set properly in the studio, and continue to listen to us. I understand that we have over 126,000 listeners that listen to us each week. Thank you so much. Uh, one of our speakers we're going to highlight today, and that is also Mrs. Uh, Rice. I love speaking to her. She's a registered nurse. She takes time out of busy schedule to help her husband with a midweek service. She is a professional and that she loves the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter what job you're in, what your capacity, what your title. All of us have something to say. All of us can sing a song. All of us can break bread. All of us can preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we are to prophesy to each other, to one another. What that means is we're supposed to give them a word of encouragement to exalt, edify, and encourage them in the things of God and to let them know that their God is more than enough. Let us listen in now as we enjoy Mrs. Rice and Reverend Rice. You can hear them on Wednesday night. That's our midweek service. God bless you again as you listen to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. Amen. As I said before, we're going through. <laughs> we're trying to deal with our equipment here. So just be patient with us. As I said, until we get things in the studio, get our sound system a little bit better. But that doesn't take away from that word of God. No, it doesn't. Thank you again for tuning in, listeners, as we get ready to listen to Mrs. and Reverend Rice. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the hallelujah. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. For he is the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He is the King of Kings. Hallelujah. He is the great I am. Hallelujah. For he reigns forever and ever and ever. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. I pray, hallelujah, that peace reign and abide in each and every one of you. Peace reign and abide each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Lord, so we got to pursue peace. Hallelujah. We got to do it. Hallelujah. We got to pursue peace. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because 
We, God is not about no confusion, hallelujah. He is about peace, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And I just pray peace reign and rule in each and every one of you. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. I'm going to play this song by Tasha Cobb, and I hope it bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
that you be patient as you wait to hear um, Mrs. Rice and Reverend Rice. Again, we ask that you be patient. For some reason, ever since we moved to this new location in our studio, we're having problems with the um, musical equipment, and I'm believing that we're going to probably just go directly to the word. Part of our ministry is to play music. We love to praise and worship God in uh, ministry with music, according to Psalms 150. But for some reason, ever since we changed our location, we're having a little difficult. It's not by the studio itself or the producer herself that it's not coming from my King's service. But God bless you. Just try to be patient as you hear Mrs. Rice and Reverend Rice. Again, as I said, we're going to probably cut the music out and just strictly uh, preach and teach the word of God without music because that's part of our flow is that we love to praise God. Well, God bless you again as you're listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. You can hear some awesome speakers. And let us get back to the show now. But I'm going to tell the speakers we probably have to cut our music out, especially if it's a long song that is not clear at all. And thank you again. As I said, you can hear them Monday, uh, 
I mean, you can hear him on Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, that is uh, Mrs. Rice and Reverend Rice. So let us try to uh, get back into the show now. Amen. That's why I had my wife to play We Shall Overcome someday. And if you would follow with I and look at uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to be just basing my message on the first verse of that chapter. And it reads as the following. It says, stand fast, therefore, in, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke or bondage. Galatians 5 and Amen. 1. Amen. And I'm going to use for subject, mm. free at last. Mm. Free at last. Most holy God, I have you followed again. I come now. I come calling on you, Lord, because I know that I can't do nothing without you. I need you to walk with me now through this word that you have instilled in me to preach and teach to these and your people tonight. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for just allowing me to be able to still be strong in your word and be strong in your might. And even I thank you, Lord, for my goings and my comings, my lying downs and authorizing. Now, Lord, hide me behind these secret desks and let the release of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be as in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer forevermore. And stand firm. And do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mm. It is for it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mm. Free at last. Free at last. Freedom is generally assumed to be the birthright of all people. Your people are anything but free. Bondage is more likely to be their lot. For some cause, uh, is economic, and still some is politics. But only in Christ Jesus are people truly set free. Yeah. Paul says this. Paul's insight into people. And he says that they should need, and he made it clear that only Christ Jesus, or the, in Christ Jesus, all people is set free. But it's very reason Paul was determined that every other should be removed between people and God. Nothing 
will be allowed to prevent people from experiencing the freedom that comes only from Christ. Like the Galatians, other ours is the happy experience of knowing that because of Jesus Christ and Him alone, we are free and let. Can I say that again? Because of Jesus Christ and Him alone, we are free and let. First of all, we are free to be uh, be saved mm-hmm. by faith. Mm-hmm. In this verse, Paul was saying, we are free at last from all bondage to the law and to works. Mm-hmm. For the first time in this letter, the word justify uh, uh, occurs. It is one of the most significant terms in Paul's theological. It means to pronounce righteousness. That righteousness by which a person is affected by who? By God. Comes not from the fulfillment of any legal inner uh, actions, but by faith. It comes by faith. No other means uh, but by faith that it comes. And faith literally liberates us from bondage to the law. You see here, listen now. If the law cannot save, then what is its purpose? Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God. Why? Because the righteous will live by what? Faith. Christ. Christ. Uh, Christ, the righteous, will live by faith. Faith in who? In God. You see, because why I know this is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law mm-hmm. by becoming a curse for us. You see, the law tells us what sin is, but most important, the Lord drives us to the grace of who? God. It shows us our weakness, Lord have mercy, and makes us see that we can't do nothing but to ourselves on the mercy and the love of God. God has mercy on us. And God loves us, so that means that we can't do nothing without God. All things is possible with him. Nothing is impossible. God is the impossible. He, he makes a way out of no way. He opens doors that no man can close. God is who he said he is. God is who he said he is. We are free. We're free at last because Jesus made it possible for us to be free. Before the coming, we were held in custom under the law. Remember, in the Old Testament, we were under the law, locked up until the the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our our guidance until Christ came, Mm -hmm. that we might be justified, what? By faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. We are no longer in prison. 
every day of our lives. We got to crucify this flesh. We got to do these things because it's not. Lord have mercy. It's gonna be a whole chosen day coming. It's gonna be a, 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 a repercussions gonna come. Here Paul declared that nothing could be further from the truth. In Philippians 1, the first chapter and the sixth verse, he speaks, being confident of this, that who begin a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We are free to grow in grace. And I'm going to give you a seven reason why. First reason is because of the continued work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Paul asked the Galatians, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you not trying to feel us by means of the blood? Not by might, he said. Um, not by power, he said. Um, but by my spirit. God said, the Lord of hosts, our rate of growth and grace and direct applications of the degree to which we allow. We allow. Now you hear what I said. We allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. We invite the Holy Spirit huh, to come in. So that means that we got to live right. That means we got to walk right. That means we got to do right. The Holy Spirit standing at the door of our hearts and is knocking on the door. And if we would open the door and let him come in, he will step with us. And we will be with him. And we will be as one. The Holy Spirit is not going to come in, my brothers, on its own. We got to invite him in. We got to open the door so he can come in. He's not a thief. And he's not a robber. He don't break in. He just opens knocks on the door on our hearts. And we got to accept him and let him come in. You see here, the Holy Spirit then comes in and heals us. But sometimes, in other times, we leave errors of our lives off limits to the Holy Spirit. Thereby, we choke out the growth of grace. We choke these things out. See, what has happened is we are planted our feet on not the ground. We planted it on ground where the thrones and the brows and those things come and rose up and get bigger and taller than the seed that we have planted and it chucks them out. That's the same way we are. Sometimes we plant on ground that the devil has killed up and devil has prepared for us and the thorns are scored there by the devil in our good is thrown out and chucked out. Here we find this is why Paul says uh, that we must. 
again. But Jesus to Nicodemus. I don't talking about you being going back into your mother's womb. I'm talking about of the water and of the spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Let me move on to try to get through this. Because of the indwelling presence of Christ. You see, Paul was dead. His old self was involved in sin. A vainly strive for righteousness by driving the law. Change is called. Listen, the new verse, or even some people call it regeneration. But Paul said, Christ lives in me. Christ, the life, lives in Paul. So Paul, you know, was dead to sin. He was had a new birth, and he was regeneration. Because the old man has been crucified, and the new man has taken on newness of life that lives in him. You see, we got to yield. We got to yield. We got to look at the sign of time. We can get to a yield sign. We got to yield. And that means to slow down and read and look and listen because we got to yield our lives to the dwelling presence. Christ is not a once in a lifetime experience. It's not just for today. It's not just for tomorrow. It's not just for the next day. It is something we must do each day. Paul said, I died there, my Lord, and here. And he says, I am crucified with Christ Jesus. Daily, when Christ is in control of our lives. We must naturally want to read our Bible. Not only read our Bible, pray, witness to others, and fellowship with other Christians, and we will grow, grow in grace. My third point, and I'm almost finished. See, to live as members of God's family, for in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have sold yourself with Christ. The Bible, my Bible says, die neither Jew, nor Gentile, neither slave, nor male, and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Do you hear what I said? You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you become Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Let's consider here five characteristics of God's family. We are equal, first of all. What does 
going to meet and talk. On my knees, when a life passed by, through my soul would rise and fly. One of these moments, going to meet King Jesus in the air. Please at last, please at last, thank God I'm free at last. Amen. Thank God I'm free. I'm free. That was beautiful from Mrs. Rice as well as Reverend Leroy Rice. You can hear them um, on Tuesday for Bible class and Wednesday for our midweek service. Again, you can hear Mrs. Rice and Reverend Leroy Rice on Tuesday and Wednesday through the week. As he said that we are free at last. Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be free in your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit? Good God Almighty. It's nothing like, beloved, having the peace of God. When God died for you on Calvary's cross, his son Jesus, his blood was spilt. And when that blood spilt, that it gave us a chance for eternal life, that we have a chance now that our spirit will go back to the Father. And we thank God that Jesus is the Redeemer. He is the repair of the breach. What that means is that because of our sin nature, because of our heart, uh, head-heartedness, because we don't listen sometimes and that we don't follow the Word of God, we don't live according to the Word of God all the time, then we fall short. And God understood that. He understood even in the time of creation when he walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He knew that we would fall short. That's why he said, Adam, where are thou? Where is your mind? Where is your heart? Where is your dedication? Where is your loyalty to me, the creator who made you? So God allowed things through the beginning of time, even from Genesis down to Revelation, that we have a chance now to make things that was wrong that's right by accepting Christ. Beloved, when you accept Christ as his son, when you accept that he is the lamb sacrifice, which means that we don't have to uh, be the one that uh, died for our sins, that Jesus died for our sins because he is the perfect son of God. He's holy. He died on Calvary's cross so that we could live. And live with power. It's just not in eternity. Don't you know, when you're a child of God right now, like Reverend Wright said, that we are free. We are free to call on the angels. We are free to have dominion over the earth. We are free to have the power and rulership that God has given us to walk by faith, to know that God can do anything but fail, that we are free that we could call upon that Holy Spirit 
And yes, I'm telling you, that Holy Spirit comes inside of us, dwell inside of us, and you can tell by the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Just quiet yourself. Be still. And just the Holy Spirit, I need a fresh touch. I need you to come in and sup with me. Good God Almighty. It's nothing like it, beloved. When you have accepted Christ, when you have accepted that God is your creator, when you have accepted that Holy Spirit that he left as a comforter to us, you are free. You are free to call upon the angels. You know, I read in the scripture that even uh, during the time of Jacob and other disciples in the Bible, that sometimes their blessings and their prayers was held up, that through it all, even in their journey, that there were obstacles and pitfalls and detours and everything that could separate you from your destiny, from your purpose in God. But God, I say it again, but God, he uses everything to show you his love from the creation of time to miracle signs and wonders to the angels of the northwest, south, and east winds, from his Holy Spirit, even from allowing the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. God loves you. You are his beloved. You know, in loving God, there's such a freedom that I know that I can reach out and say, Abba, Father. I can say, God, heal me. God, bless me. God, sanctify me. God, refresh me. I could call on him like a daddy, just like Reverend Wright said. When you know, and Minister Gray talked about today, that you can say, Father, come sit with me. Father, give me a hug. God, I need direction for this situation. I need a turnaround. You know, I, I was told by my uh, godfather, Apostle Alexander Lockamy, that we are under attack. Uh, it's what we say, seen and unseen dangers, spiritual wickedness in high places, because we preach the gospel six days a week, <laughs> that we give God the glory. So not only are we under attack, the radio, uh, sometimes they're static, as we heard today, playing the different musical instruments because all rights belong to the artist. We were trying to play uh, various songs that all of a sudden now there's a, a, a glitch in it, there's a get, whatever you want to say, there's a problem. That just because we're praising God and we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we get hit. We get supernatural hits. We get spiritual hits. We get... Uh, as we say, natural hits, sometimes the collar drops. Sometimes there's a break in electricity because the devil or the adversary, the evil one, do not want us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is our redeemer and that God loves you. The devil is a liar. Said we're going to do it in season and out. We're like the mailman, whether it rains, it snows, it sleeps. We're coming through, beloved. We're coming through with the good news that Jesus is. He died for you, and he loves you, and God is. If God can't do it, it can't be done. I want to keep you encouraged, and I want to just tell you that God loves you. He made this possible. We've been on the radio, on this radio for four years, 
and we've been blessed to um, have international radio. Just like this morning, we got a, a call from our overseer, um, Bishop in Jamaica, and one day we're going to bring him on. And that's another thing. His his accent, his dialect is very deep in his culture, his Caribbean. So it really will be hard to really understand. But you got to listen with spiritual ears because on the day of Pentecost, they was all in one accord, meaning that no matter what language you spoke, no matter what country you came from, when you move in faith and when you on one accord on the same level, you can understand. So I'm going to end out uh, with a prayer for you Monday through Sundays as well until we figure out how we're going to work this uh, better stereo system because I love praising God through uh, music. And I, and I wave my flags and my daughter danced. We're a praise and worship ministry, period. And we move in a prophetic according to Psalms 150. But again, like I said, be patient with us because we're on attack because we're reaching more souls. Even my dad said, you know, there must be somebody special listening on that radio for you to go through all the hell you're going through with the radio system now. We, be on the, we have been on the radio four years and have never experienced such a problem as we have in the studio. It's not the producer fault. It's not my king's service. It's directly hitting the ministry. So do pray for fivefold ministry. Do pray for our speakers. Do invite them to your churches. And pray for me, Apostle Mercer, because believe it, we go through from our job, from our health, anything that can stop us from going forward. You know, Jesus carried that cross all the way till he got crucified. He was determined, and we are determined, too, to say that God loves you, beloved. As we say this close our prayer, we want you to join now corporately. We're meaning that we all praying together. I'm praying for you, and I want you to pray for us. Again, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for your patience. And like I said, we might just come in, as, as they say, hit it raw that we are just going to go in and have it that just fresh from the press, fresh from the pages, just like they said when you prepare a meal or meat, that it is raw, you have to cook it first. So we are going to just go ahead and just start off the best that we can to give you the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we sizzle up that heat and cook it, that we're going to go all the way to finish the preach word of God. God bless you. Let us pray together. I was trying to get an illustration, but it wasn't my best because <laughs> I'm looking at the time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Father, we know that you sit high, you look low. We know that you have created everything that ever was and ever will be, that you are the author and finisher of our faith. We want to reverence you. We want to praise you. We want to glorify you. We want to honor you. Father, that 
you said that if we don't praise you, that the rocks will cry out. So, Father, as you sit high and look low, we ask them for your mercy. We ask them for your daily uh, covering over us. We ask them, Father, that you hear the prayers of the righteous who intercede for us. And forgive us, God, that we are not perfect. This is why your son died on the cross and the blood was spilled. That you will forgive us, God, and we will remember to forgive those who have hurt us, who have harmed us, who have disappointed us. That, Father, we have to forgive all those that we call our enemies as you forgive us. Father, we ask you now that each and every day that we wake up in the land of the living, hey, hallelujah, that we are grateful, that we are so proud to be called Christians, believers of Jesus Christ, your son, and the good news that, Father, that your kingdom will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us not to be led into diverse temptation to the left or to the right. Help us, Father, that we don't be persuaded by the dark and evil one. Deliver us, God, even from ourselves and from our own mindset. Father, you said if our mind be on you, we'll be in perfect peace. So, Father, bless our minds and regulate our minds and heal our minds and direct our minds. And these thoughts that come into our heads, help us to glorify you. And it will be pure thoughts, Father, that we'll be able to think clearly the things that we need to do for our lives so that we can live eternity with you. Father, we ask you now to give us the sight of Christ, that we won't be so judgmental, so condemnation, that we won't point our fingers and critique and pull down our brothers by finding fault. Give us the eyes of Christ where we have mercy and love and peace and forgiveness. Father, nobody can control this tongue but you. Hey, Father, help us to exalt, edify, and encourage one another in love. Help us to speak highly, build up around those, Father, that need your help. We pray for the little children, God. We pray that they'll be able to make it back home. We pray for those that's in bondage, God. We pray for those ones that's out in the street that's calling upon you to say, have mercy, Lord. We intercede for everyone around the world, all of those, Father, that's desolate, all those that's our burden, all those that's our heavy laden, that you will give them rest and give them peace. Father, help us to show that love in our hearts, the heart that you have made. Take away the stoniness, God, so we can love everybody from every nationality, every country, a seed and a board. Father, we ask that all of those, Father, that listen to the fivefold ministry, Holy Spirit, touch them right now. Give them a fresh touch because truly they said we've been under attack and we know the victory is yours. And we know that the power is in the word of God. Hey, and where two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. Help us, Holy Spirit. Father, we ask right now that you touch them from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet, that you stir up the gifts that's inside of them, bless them in their going out and they're coming in, and help them to put on the whole armor of God to fight each and every day that they wake up so they can glorify you and have the victory. We claim this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We claim it in the name of Jesus and the blood of Calvary. 
Father, I ask again that you bless the little ones, the little children, and the elderly, God, and all the little animals that's out there. Father, have mercy upon our souls. And we thank you, God, that peace will abide. In every country, Father, there will be a turnaround, God, in the politics and the politicians and the president of each country. God, we ask especially that you will bless those leaders that govern other people's lives. Hey, hallelujah. Help them, too, to be upright, to be conscious, and to be aware that they have a responsibility. God, we thank you again as you bless us with a fresh outpouring, a fresh anointing, that we claim it, we receive it, and we decree it in the name of Jesus. And let it be so and written in the Lamb Book of Life that we ask you to come and sup with us, cover us, engulf us, saturate us, fill us, hey, in the name of Jesus, in the blood of the Lamb, and we will forever give your name the praise. In Jesus' name, Our soul says amen, amen, and amen.